It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. (laughs) Welcome to the big show, welcome to a new week. Today we are going to do our top 10. Haven't done one of these in quite some time, and uh, frankly, I missed it. I know you guys really like it. So I thought we'd do one today, Um, and also I want to mention if you are not yet a subscriber to please subscribe by clicking that red button, and let me make sure I'm actually broadcasting. I am, okay, good. (laughs) Always good to check that. Subscribe by hitting the red button, give us a like with a thumbs up, and if you click that little bell, you'll get alerts when we go live. Um, Mary and Laird's happy the blue speakers instead of the yellow ones. Yeah, I'm going to bounce around and use them all. Um, not today, but at various points um, in time. Uh, so anyway, we're doing the top 10 today. But for those of you who are new to the show, this doesn't mean that these are the most top 10 or top 10 most forwarded taxi members or the absolute best out of all of our taxi members. What they actually are are 10 people whose music our screeners flagged and said, hey, uh, the head screener and the A&R staff, the people who run the A&R department, should check these out. They may want to feature them in the top 10 for the next newsletter. So that's how they get picked. Um, It doesn't mean that they've had the most forwards, the most deals, anything like that. Also, I do want to mention that uh, we need some more stuff for the March newsletter um, member deals. If you've gotten a placement, if you signed stuff to a library recently, please uh, email that info to deals at taxi.com. You can also post it on your member profile and that will go to the same email box. But let us know. Members are notoriously bad about letting us know We reached out uh, to a bunch of our music library clients about two weeks ago. We had a a meeting with 15 of the U.S. libraries online and um, offered a bounty. At the end of the year, we're going to do a drawing for the person, uh, not the person who puts the most in, but uh, every time a library executive tells us about a placement they had for a taxi member, Uh, We print it out, we're going to cut up a piece of paper, shove them all in a hat at the end of the year, do a blind drawing, and whoever gets picked out of that hat will get a plane flight anywhere in the world they would like to go. Coach, of course. (laughs) Do you know, first class tickets could be like $10,000, $12,000, $15,000, so no, we're not going that crazy, but anywhere they want to go in the world. Um, And uh, the first library executive that sent us a list sent us like, 10 things that were amazing that we never would have known about. Not one single member of the 10 placements bothered to tell us. Oh, well. So with that, let's jump right into it today. And if we have any time left over, uh, (laughs) Marion says, how about a train ticket instead? There you go. Um, I don't know. This might be a bad month for a train ride. Just saying. We've had two train accidents that have been pretty pretty bad lately so I think we're gonna avoid the train for a little while anyway um, and I am about to butcher the name of these people um, this is Temple Olean uh, O-L-A-Y-A-N Temple Olean um, which is Amon and Leona Olean their last name uh, and the song is called 
what true love is all about. Let me know if my levels are good once it starts playing. I think they should be. Here we go. featured artist this month on the ta taxi website um a feel-good love song you know happy to be in love can't go wrong with that uh and i see everybody in the chat talking about dan weber's mom passed away i'm so sorry to hear that dan um got a big support group there in the chat room uh you know that you are well loved here um genre please i pretty much call that straight up pop um, 
And I noticed that Mark Real lives 10 miles downstream from where the uh, train uh, exploded, had the accident and exploded. So Mark, um, and I'm not making light of the situation because I'm fairly appalled by it, but I don't want to get political in any way, shape, or form in this show, but somebody should have done something like two weeks ago when that happened. Uh, but Mark, my advice to you is don't go fishing in that river. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the video where they take the stick and drag it over the bottom of the stream and just junk comes oozing out. <sighs> anyway, all right, well, let's try and get back on track here, no pun intended. Um, once again, Dan, you know how we feel about you, so by extension, how we feel about losing your mom. Sorry to hear about it. All right, the next one is... Damar Smith, uh, and this song is called Persecute Me. You know how sometimes you look at a word and it just doesn't register the right way in your brain? Well, ever since I've been a kid, I've seen the words prosecute and persecute. They flip. It's almost like I'm dyslexic or something. I'm, I'm sure that's not the very definition of dyslexia. But even as a little kid, I remember one time my dad took me out in, you know, like a forest somewhere on the outskirts of my little farm town with a brand new BB gun that I got. And uh, was shooting at a tree. And he said, now, uh, technically we can't be here uh, because it says trespassing violators will be, and I kept reading it as persecuted. And I was like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, somewhere in grade school. And I kept going, dad, why would they persecute you for shooting a BB gun or walking on their land? It was prosecute. So anyway, this is persecute. Uh, the song title is persecute me. Um, and I'm confused. The taxi member is Damar Smith, but this is Alicia Marie uh, as the artist, I believe. Persecute me, persecute me, damn me for loving you.
uh, somebody was asking about the genre. I, I'd call it blues rock. Again, pretty straight up, easy to identify. I think it's very syncable. Um, prosecute me. <laughs> no, persecute me. <clears throat> that was by Alicia Marie and Damar Smith. Um, somebody was talking about the difference. We were talking about uh, words that are easily kind of flipped in your brain. And everybody's got those words. That's true. Um, so when my nephew, Benji, who is now like 40-something, but when he was like, I don't know, maybe seven years old, I took him fishing at a little um, like backwater creek behind a condo that I lived in in Fort Lauderdale or Pompano Beach at the time. And after a hard day of fishing, he actually caught his first fish and absolutely loved it. We went upstairs and... I, I was taking a shower. He was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I had CNN on. And I came out, and my nephew's sitting there looking at the TV with this per perplexed look on his face. He's going, wow, that must have been a really big gorilla. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He, whatever, uh, it was probably like the Iran-Contra affair or something, because I think this was in the 80s. They were talking about the gorilla-torn streets of El Salvador or something. <laughs> and in a child's mind, there was a giant gorilla ripping up streets with his paws. Anyway, I thought that was cute. Benji, if you're watching the show today, never have I forgotten that. All right, uh, next up. We have a song called Feelings, and this is by Aaron Michael. Yeah, I 
it's out of control I hope you're feeling me The way I'm feeling you I'm fulfilling you You're so damn beautiful All these feelings that I got for you having a weird tech day. Yes, I see the delay. I'm seeing it in the uh, preview monitor. I'm not even watching what's going out to you. I'm watching what's going into the camera and there's even a delay. I have no idea. I did figure out why I had the circle with the question mark, but I want to say um, that was Aaron Michael um, and the song was called Feelings and you guys obviously like that one too. Um, it's amazing how much good music, or great music, comes through here in any given week. Um, just truly amazing. Our members have gotten better and better and better over the years. But remember last week, I think it was, that I had the uh, circle image behind me with the question mark, and it was using the microphone through the thumbnail shot that I'm seeing on this end that I've been doing for years and years and years. For some reason, last week, it decided to throw that thing up there. So uh, I figured it out today, and I opened up a new layer in Wirecast, and I put the microphone in there like I used to back in the olden days before Bria taught me how to include the mic actually in the, the video shot of my face. Um, and now I've got this weird delay. Oh, well. Uh, I'm sure we will figure it out. But for, yeah, for right now, I'm going to look like one of those old dubbed movies where the mouth moves about a second and a half before the words come out or vice versa. Um, okay, so I've already started that one. Uh, let me see if I can... I don't have a graceful way to do it. Anyway, the next one uh, is a really good tune that... It's called Get Your Boogie Up. Um, it's by D3. Uh, and I've got to say, I, I listened to it before the show, and I couldn't decide if this was meant to sound as a vintage recording or if it is a vintage recording. And it's usually somewhat easy to tell after you've heard a hundred of them in a lifetime. I can't really tell for sure on this one. <clears throat> it's probably not vintage, but it sounds so of that era. Um, gosh, remember the song Get Down Boogie Oogie Oogie? I can't remember who the band was on that, but I always loved the bass and kick on that. Um, and Well, you'll hear. It's very mid-70s, late 70s, and I like it. Here we go. This is Get Your Boogie Up by D3. Turn this party on Let's get it on, let's get it on Friday night, let's make some noise In 
Get Your Boogie Up by D3. Um, amazing. There was, you know, honestly, if I were a screener, if I were a producer, if I were a producer looking to include that on an album, um, there's nothing about that that I would change. Every little, first of all, the vocal was great. <clears throat> the drums were perfect. The bass, perfect. The guitar, perfect. The harmonies, perfect. The horns, perfect absolutely love that so great job d3 really 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 proud of you for that one um yep get down boogie oogie oogie in clubs you did mark <laughs> uh now oh, you don't have to be ashamed of loving dance music everybody wants to dance i can't dance i'm incapable because i just have no rhythm whatsoever i'm really good at telling other people what they should do rhythmically but my brain doesn't operate my body that way. Um, yeah, that that could get synced to uh, any period piece that dates back. Uh, I mean, they could have used that, although they wouldn't license, license unknown music in the Studio 54 uh, documentaries or, or the movie 54. But if you had a Studio 54 era club and you needed music in that club, that's your ticket. All right, um, sorry, I was catching up in the chat room there. 
Today's episode feels like one of the quarantine happy hours we did during lockdown. For those of you who weren't around for I, probably, what, like two years? We did uh, regular taxi TVs on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We would do quarantine happy hours just because everybody was trapped in their homes and we wanted to hang out together and it was a lot of fun. A lot of friendships were built, a lot of good times were had, a lot of gopher holes were talked about and my giant zucchini and you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, kind of miss those. I just haven't been able to find uh, the time to keep doing them is the problem. Uh, one thing we are going to do that even existing longtime members can participate in is we do once a month we do a thing called a new member zoom where we get somewhere around i don't know 25 to 35 people that are new members in the live version of the zoom and i do about an hour uh, of stuff all the things that you veteran members have learned over time by watching a lot of taxi tvs trial and error um, things you've learned in the forums from your fellow members all that stuff um, I try to cram it into an hour so that new members can know that stuff going in and find success more quickly. So we've been doing those now for, I don't know, a year and a couple of months. And then I realized, uh, oh, we do the last half hours open Q&A. So I think what I'm going to do now is take one of those Zooms that was one of the better ones and have that set up on a trigger that every time somebody joins Taxi, that an email goes out with a link to that so they can watch one. They can watch a, a new member Zoom. But on a monthly basis, I'm going to start doing um, member Q&A sessions that are going to be kind of like the quarantinis, maybe a little more purposeful and hopefully not during a pandemic. But we'll do uh, open Q&A so people can ask questions like, you know, should I register my song with the PRO? Should I wait? Um, do I need a PRO? What's the difference between... Uh, Oh gosh, I don't know, uh, exclusive and non-exclusive, all those kinds of questions. You guys know the answers to all that stuff, but I wanted to have kind of a, a hangout vibe versus a corporate vibe because we don't do corporate around here very well. So keep your eyes peeled on your emails. Um, and uh, what is a quarantine vibe? <laughs> Rena, a quarantine vibe is loose as a goose without a plan that's what it is i mean come on doing a show five days a week i didn't have like a production staff or a team of writers uh it was me <laughs> it's me today um it's just i don't know the quarantinis we didn't take ourselves seriously it was just hanging out you know sometimes I, I would get music supervisors or library owners or producers or what have you on the show and we would just hang out and talk about whatever popped into our head. Sometimes the shows had a theme, but most of the time they were fairly loose. Um, all right. Uh, moving on, this one is song number five. Um, and this is called Nostalgia in Wonderland. And it is by Courtney Nord. I'm not, oh, my stomach is growling. I'm not sure. This one might be, I'm just guessing by the title, this might be an instrumental. I don't know. Let's find out where to go. There it is. Nostalgia in Wonderland by Courtney Nord. Mm -hmm. 
Ring out a little. Sorry about that. Um, wow, Andres is one of his favorite tunes ever on Taxi. Uh, and Courtney Nord, who did that song, is in the chat room. Congratulations. Great job on that. Um, I am curious what genre you would call it. I was thinking it was like cinematic um, singer-songwriter, cinematic indie pop. It's definitely got a cinematic vibe. I could hear parts of that, big parts of that, being used in the right kind of film all day long. Great, great job. Great job on the writing, uh, great job on the production. Um, I'm waiting for cinematic dark pop. There you go. Yep. Anyway, um, really, really, really good job. Whew. I love our members. 
Uh, all right. Moving on, this next one is from Brandon Longacre, um, who goes by the band name of Audio Burn, and the title is Every Now and Then. Let's have a listen.
Wow. Another one. We are having a great uh, great time finding great music here at Taxi this month, apparently. Um, really, really, really well done. Again, all aspects, the playing, the sounds, um, the drum sound, which you know me, I love great drum sounds. Um, great guitar sounds, great vocal performance, great vocal. I liked where the vocal sat in the mix. Um, so much about that to love. Um, that's Audio Burn Taxi member Brian Longacre. Congratulations, Brian. Really, really, really good. Um, and a well-written song to boot. Nice hook. Everything about it. Man. Um, I saw Tim Harrison said it was R.E.M.-ish. And I've been debating. Uh, one of my friends, somebody that I used to work with a lot, back when I worked at this place, Criteria, um, was a guy named Don Gaiman, who um, I worked with him. He was the producer on Stills Young, Long May You Run. I worked with him on some other stuff. We became friends. And I saw him a couple of years ago at the Criteria reunion and asked him, he lives here in LA, um, and I asked him if he would do an episode of Taxi TV or do uh, you know something at the road rally. And he said, sure. I don't think he really makes records for a living anymore. Uh, he did, um, I want to say, two or three R.E.M. albums. He did um, John Mellencamp, two or three albums, I believe. Remember Jack and Diane? That What a great, original, and unique song that was. Don produced that. Um, anyway, uh, would you guys be interested? You don't have to be nice. I, I mentioned it to the staff, like, I don't know, a week or two ago, and they're like, yeah, I don't know that the viewers are really going to love that. Um, it would definitely be a trip down nostalgia, uh, down, yeah, nostalgia lane. Is there such a place? <laughs> anyway, I would love to ask him questions about how some of those records were made. Um, let me know. Um, Marion, uh, we're always interested in stuff you think up. Oh, you wouldn't want to know some of the stuff I think I'm hearing. <laughs> oh, man. It's definitely a YouTube issue. <laughs> anyway, Don's a sweetheart of a guy. Very, very mild-mannered. It's funny. Um, he's like a, I want to say he was a French horn player growing up and then he ended up becoming a live sound engineer and i'm doing this from like you know 40 year old memory but i want to say that he went out with um loggins and messina i'm pretty sure he went out with loggins and messina and, and was their like front of house engineer for all their big tours um back in the mid 70s through probably 1970s I don't know, probably like 72 through 76 or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he, he just a really like mild-mannered guy who happens to be really, really smart, really bright about the physics of sound, but he just loves making great records, as did all the people that worked at Criteria. And that's why I've got one of their... And by the way, I misspoke. First time I had this picture, I said it was... Um, the control room in Studio C where the Eagles did one of these nights, Bee Gees did uh, um, 
Oh, what was it? The Bee Gees did on Saturday Night Fever. This is actually Studio D, which was built while I still lived in South Florida, but I left Criteria and brought a couple of records to a place in Fort Lauderdale. It was brand new, like Criteria equivalent studio called Triad Recording. Um, and so while I didn't work there, I was there all the time. All my friends worked there and, you know, I stopped in a few times a month while they were building this room, which has been totally revamped. And uh, so basically, if my memory serves correctly, they built this room specifically so the Bee Gees had a room that they could lock out for the better part of a year because they were always working on like new Bee Gees records or Andy Gibb records or Barbara Streisand, Barry Gibb records. All that stuff uh, was being done in that room that you were looking at. I don't believe that it had the purple monitors. I have no idea what kind of monitors. I've never seen a monitor with that thing that looks like a hood ornament above the two woofers. No idea what that is, but it'd be cool. Um, all right, moving on, lest I chat too much. All right, next one is a song called 85 by Brie Feel. And here we go. Down. 
believe the quality of what the team found this week. Um, great stuff. Love the approach to the vocal on that. Um, love the sounds on it. Love the production. Everything about it. Hate to sound like a fanboy, but hey, you know, you'd know if I was lying, right? All right, well, let's not break the momentum. That, once again, was brief feel. Uh, the song was called 85. Very, very cool. Um, okay, the next one. Let me look. This one's called Joyrider. It's from KCJL. And it is an instrumental. Let's have a listen. Let me bring this fader back down. Okay. <clears throat> Stomp clap. Um, that stuff will get licensed all day long. I don't know, you know, somebody's saying it's evergreen, and it, it might be. Um, hasn't Stomp clap hasn't been around for all that long in the grand scheme of things, excuse me. Um, but I think that uh, it will be, you know, it's the new happy clappy. <laughs> Remember that stuff? Happy clappy with the uh, ukulele and the hand claps. And boy, how many years of those? I, I still hear them every now and then. 
But it got to the point where the industry, uh, it's like if you mentioned that kind of track, you were some sort of pariah, but yet people quietly kept using them. I think mostly because their clients, whether it was uh, somebody in that agency wanting it in a commercial or a director on a film wanting it in their film or an executive producer on a TV show telling the music soup, get me something like that with a little ukulele and some hand claps. I don't know. But that was, I mean, I personally didn't hate it other than get tired of hearing the same old thing all the time, but lasted a really, really, really long time. Not the world's worst thing, right? All right. Wow, I can't believe we've only got two more left. The next one is from Pagoda, also known as Taxi Member Michael Hubbard. And the song is called Best Laid Plans. Let's have a listen. I'm feeling nostalgic. That's where my mind's been. Cause life's been driving me down. There's no beating around it. Thoughts we've been found it. Now it's a clouded distance sound.
And that was Best Laid Plans. That was Pagoda, also known as Michael Hubbard, to those of you who are taxi members, if you want to go find him. By the way, you know, we put a feature when we redid the whole back end of the taxi website four years ago, five years ago. Um, you know, you guys can go in and, and like and connect with other members. Um, follow other members, have them follow you. Um, it, it seems like very few, of, I, I was looking at our database for some other reason a week ago, and I noticed that very few people actually use that. But if I were a taxi member and I was looking to build a network of people that I could collaborate with <clears throat> or get advice from, excuse me, I have a frog in my throat, not a Martin frog, but a frog nonetheless. Um, anyway, I think it's a great networking tool that I wish more of you would take advantage of, but you know, you know what they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't always make him drink. Um, we've got one more to go, and then we're going to have half an hour left. Uh, maybe we'll do a little Q&A. Maybe I'll give away a book. I noticed before the show started today that I've got several copies of um, Steve Barden's book. So maybe I'll give one of those away. Anyway, uh, this one is called Open All Night Blues. See if you can guess the genre. <laughs> it's an instrumental by Doug Knight. Let's have a listen. Open All Night Blues um, by Doug Knight. And I thought that was a pretty inventive track, you know. Take It was a mashup of a couple of styles. <clears throat> Definitely kind of almost almost had a little bit of stomp clap in it, it itself, but it was um, bluesy, had some electro stuff in there. It was, it was pretty well thought out and well executed, I must say. 
Um, yeah, all great tracks today. I've got to say, I agree with you, Beth D. Um, I, I love doing these shows because I love how enthusiastic you guys get for your fellow members. But uh, I, I'm also just blown away by the quality of the music that the A&R team finds here and, and the quality of, of the members that make that music. Just incredibly good stuff. Um, we, we also, I want to let you know that we did a, a meeting with some of our European music library clients last week. Uh, and they too are on board with the idea that once we get a program, we'll be rolling it out. And that is that we are going to include a button. So when the screeners are screening and they hear something that's amazing, not just like, oh, that's pretty good. I think we should forward it, but it doesn't really fit the brief. Um, that won't be a high enough bar to, to make the screener hit that button. But if it's just like, oh my gosh, any library would give up a body part to have that in their catalog when it's that good or every major label should be hearing this, the screener will have a button that sends that song, even though it's not forwardable for the listing, because even though it may be of incredible quality on every level, if it's not what they're looking for, it's just not what they're looking for. And it frustrates us that we can't forward stuff sometimes that we hear that's really great. On the other hand, the taxi compilations we've been doing now for the last year have been met with just like overwhelming success. The people on the industry side literally gobble the stuff up as soon as it hits their email boxes. As a matter of fact, a couple of our European library friends uh, or partners or clients, whatever you want to call them, uh, were complaining that by the time they get the stuff, because they're sleeping when the emails go out, that they reach out to the members as soon as they hear it and they can't get the stuff because the American libraries have snapped it up already. So we are going to figure out a time of day that we can send out those compilations that will at least give the, the European libraries um, an hour of business time where they can respond and snap some of the stuff up and it will be kind of like opening bell in the states depending which time zone you're in and closing bell in europe um, we have not figured out what we're going to do about our, our companies that work with us in australia or japan but we'll figure it out anyway uh, let me go grab a uh, steve barden book and we'll figure out a good reason to give it away. All right. If you don't have a copy of this book, Writing Production Music for TV by Steve Barden, and you want to uh, make music, instrumental tracks like that last one we heard, and you think, well, I could just make great instrumental tracks. Uh, no, you can't. I mean, it's a great place to start from, but instrumental cues have their own structures that they tend to follow versus song structures. Um, every, everything you could want to know about that stuff is in this incredibly good book. And I noticed that I had six of them sitting on my bookshelf. So I'm going to give one away today. And I haven't quite figured out exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, if we're going to do maybe a little taxi trivia. Um, 
or if we just do a random drawing where everybody types in a plus one. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, do you guys want to do a little Q&A for this last half hour? Or should we give away a book and call it an early, uh, excuse me, Red Bull burp? Um, a lot of people are saying they've got the book, um, which is great to know. Oh, Damar, how are you? Uh, glad you enjoyed having your music on the show. It's great. Um, <laughs> Kelly Winchester says, just give it to me. Excuse me. Um, all right, let me, let me know if you guys want to do some open Q&A to kill a half an hour or if we should just give away a book and end the show early. You can't offend me. Either answer is good. Waiting for those answers to roll on in. Come on, type them out. <laughs> I don't want to sit here staring at the chat room forever. All right, Q&A. Looks like uh, I'm getting a lot more people saying Q&A. Uh, all right, so we'll do a little Q&A till it gets boring and then we'll stop. Um, and we will give away a book. All right, uh, so if you've got a question that you'd like me to take a shot at answering, just type the word question in all caps so it sticks out on the uh, chat room and I will do my best. So yeah, I've got about, it looks like 20% of the people are saying book, please. <laughs> um, hey, Jan, how are you? Good to see you. Tim Harrison suggests A and Q, answers and questions. I like it. Yeah, let's see if I, now that everybody or the majority of people have said Q&A, let's see if we actually get any questions rolling in or if I'm just going to stare at the chat room for a while. I think I can actually sit back in my chair. Wow, the chat has stopped rolling. Apparently everybody's typing out really, really good questions. Um, What's my sign? <laughs> I'm sorry, my wife might be watching the show. Are you trying to pick me up, Sandy? <laughs> um, what is my sign? I never, I'm a Virgo. I, I never actually think about that. Um, what is on page 87? Finding your muse and how to stay focused. And there's a quote right up top from Matt Hurt, one of our most successful members, probably our first hugely successful member, a gentleman named Matt Hurt that we all know and love. And he's got a quote at the top of this page that says, writing music is a lot of problem solving. It is. Um, What was the first studio I, I worked at? You're looking at it right there. Criteria Studios in beautiful Miami, Florida. An amazing facility. I learned so much and it really kind of um, 
contributed a lot to the outcome of my entire life. A taxi wouldn't exist if not for Criteria Studios and me getting my first job there. Um, how long, this question's from Tim Harrison, uh, how long does it take for libraries, production music libraries, to register your tracks with the PRO? I don't think there's really a, a, a stock answer for that. Um, I'm afraid, Tim, that it all depends with how busy they are. And you know, some of the best libraries that get the most placements are a one or two person shop that might have, I don't know, a couple thousand composers or artists in their catalog, maybe more, maybe less, but that's probably a decent average for a boutique library. Um, so they're so busy pitching all the time and taking orders from music supervisors and editors and shows that um, they probably don't take care of the housekeeping side of their business as much or as often or as quickly as they would like. And I'm only basing this on, you know, there's some that I'm actually good friends with and they will tell me stuff like, you know, gosh, I wish I had five sets of extra hands. Um, and it's really hard for them to find good staff members because you might think, well, just hire more staff. But it's an unusual business. It's not like uh, working in retail or doing customer service, you know, at an airline. There's so much that's unusual um, compared to the rest of the world and unique that I just don't think that... Uh, you can just go hire anybody and plug them in. They'd have to learn an entire industry. They'd have to learn about music. They'd have to learn about what makes music work in film and television. Uh, it's not just about, oh, that's a really good song. Let's put that in a TV show, all that stuff. So unfortunately, they are um, somewhat doomed to doing most of the work themselves. Therefore, they much prefer to make money versus doing housekeeping. So in a roundabout way, I hope that answers your question. Um, let's see, Marianne doing a great job of repeating questions from people. Um, Jersina Shepard asks, uh, I don't understand that. I really don't understand that. If a, uh, I'm guessing, oh, I see. Uh, if a music library does a new mix of one of my songs, do I have to copyright that? Um, no, the, you know, I mean, a master is copyrighted and a composition is copyrighted. Um, a new mix would be creating a new master, but it doesn't require a copyright, I don't believe. I'm not a music attorney and I'm not a publishing expert. I'm pretty darn knowledgeable. But I don't believe that you would have to copyright that new mix. Um, did you have to, whoa, I'm going back to a Ken Messford question. It looks like a serious question. I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, did you continue manually punching in and out once you transition from analog tape to Pro Tools? Well, I actually have logic and I can't say that I've had to do a punch yet or program or do one manually. Um, 
because mostly I'm just messing around, learning my way around it. Uh, and the week between Christmas and New Year's, I did spend time every single day watching tutorials and practicing stuff. But I just uh, literally, I think January 1st was the last day that I touched it. So the answer is no. Um, Courtney Cloud wants to know, can you talk about how sync works with Taxi a bit, aside from submitting on our own? Well, yeah, you know, this topic came up. There's another gentleman that I used to respect a lot because he did really good videos on YouTube, but he's on this whole, he's selling something, which is, I'm going to sell you the keys to the kingdom by teaching you how to submit directly to production music libraries, which... Here, I'm gonna, oh no, it's behind <laughs> It's behind the green screen, which is a whole process to take it down. But for about 15 years, the taxi brochure, which was eight and a half by 11, you know, big brochure, it said on the front cover, taxi is the second best way to get a record, publishing or film a TV deal. Um, if you've got the time to do the research and identify the companies and figure out which companies are the really good ones, because there are a lot that you can find, but they're not necessarily, like the A-list companies. And then there's the issue of royalty-free libraries versus other libraries that aren't royalty-free. So Taxi's been around for 31 years and we've become really, really, we've always been good, but now we've become like just incredibly good at vetting these companies um, and finding the ones that you would actually want to be in their catalog. Because yeah, anybody can go find libraries online and you can submit your music um, many of them, not all of them, but the ones that accept submissions online sometimes are easier to get your material in their catalog, but do you want to be in the catalog is the issue. Do you want to be one of, you know, 10,000 things, 20,000 things, maybe 100,000? I don't know how big some of those catalogs are for the royalty-free, but, but they're very lenient about what they'll accept, and it's very satisfying. I get that. For the creators of the music to go, my music is published. I, I've got a publisher. I'm in a catalog. All those things are true, and I understand why that feeds one's inner desire to have validation and that's what it gives but I think that in many not all but most of those cases the validation might be the only real thing that you'll get um, you want to be in libraries where there are people not just an online searchable database where somebody's going to go on there at two o'clock in the morning and search for a certain kind of music you want to be in catalogs where the owners of those catalogs and the staffs that work at those companies have long-term relationships with the editors, have long-term relationships with the producers of TV shows, have long-term relationships with directors on movies, um, because that's who the majority of the real people in the industry reach out to. They, they wanna work with people they know and they trust and they know are gonna deliver stuff on time and there aren't gonna be problems uh, and complete, you know, getting a quote and, and doing the license, all that stuff. So yes, virtually anybody can get in some of the really big um, lower bar libraries that are often royalty free. And that's a whole other, we could do an entire show on that. I think we actually have. Um, 
So taxi gets you in the good ones. And there's some of it that you have to figure out. Look, we, taxi isn't going to change your life. You're going to change your life. We don't sell dreams. We sell the tools and the avenue. Um, taxi spends a ridiculous amount of time identifying these companies, reaching out to these companies, building relationships with them, fine-tuning uh, you know, the level of how high the bar is for what we forward to them. Um, listening to feedback from them, um, running, writing up the, the taxi listings so that they accurately reflect what these people are looking for. So if that is more helpful to you and you want to speed up the timeline to actually earning money with your music, that may be a better way to go than doing it on your own. However, if you're unemployed, you don't have a job, you don't have a family, um, you do have a lot of extra time in your hands, and you've got the business chops that would allow you to craft really good emails, really short good emails with really good subject lines, and the music has to be good. See, that's the thing. When somebody is teaching a course or selling um, a list within their course, here you go, I'm going to give you a list of hundreds of music libraries guess what? You and thousands of other people that have taken that course all have that list and you're all peppering those libraries with emails. Um, here's my music. Check it out. It's great. So if you were a library owner, if you were an executive at a music library, would you rather tell Taxi specifically what you need right now for a particular project or to beef up your catalog, or to get newer, better versions of stuff that's gotten a little long in the tooth in your catalog, would you rather go through thousands of unsolicited things that are going to range all over the place, mostly from people that don't know the first thing about producing music for production music, libraries, <laughs> that rolled off the tongue well. Um, that's the thing, is everybody just thinks, all I need is great music and they're going to love me. Um, that could happen, you know, every now and then. There's always that chance, but it's not going to happen most of the time. The way things happen in the real business world and in the real business world of the television industry and the film industry is they're looking for something in particular at a moment in time that solves a problem. We need something that rips your heart out and makes you incredibly sad for this scene. So should they look through... A thousand, even try, try after the show ends today, go see how many complete pieces of, well, not complete, they won't listen all the way. See how many pieces of music you can listen to in a row before you give it up and head to the refrigerator. Um, or, or turn on your TV or go to sleep or do anything but listen to music. So that's what they would be doing. If they were going to listen to unsolicited music from hundreds, if not thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people, they don't know what they're going to hear the next time they hit the play button or the next time or the next time or the time after that. So if they can get an organized playlist that's been curated by real industry pros, not interns, but actual industry pros that know that specific genre, of course they're going to listen to that stuff because it solves their problem of finding that heart, you know, that thing that rips your heart out of your chest, it's gut-wrenching, it makes you so sad, versus listening to hard rock or hip-hop or a bunch of other stuff they just don't need. And if you're inexperienced, in the ways of how production music or how film and TV music is used, 
you might actually be naive enough to think, well, they're just going to hear my music and they're going to be so in love with it, think that it's so great that they're going to use it anyway. They won't. They have a scene with somebody who's going through some sort of emotional trauma that is making them so sad. So they can only use sad music. And then they get more specific. Is it a scene that's got a 17-year-old that's sad? What would that, what would the soundtrack of that 17-year-old's life be? What if it's a 17-year-old young lady versus a 17-year-old guy? What if it's a 35-year-old or a 50-year-old? What would be the piece of music that would be appropriate for them when something hugely traumatic has happened in their life and they're incredibly sad? So these are the things that actual production music libraries, really good ones do, and those are the ones that Taxi finds and that we bring to bear for you as our members. Um, yes, you can get your music in other libraries, but for the most part, they're just going to be uh, mixed in there with a bunch of other stuff. Probably not categorized well. In some cases, it's categorized by the people that create the music. And as we've learned on the Taxi Forum and doing some episodes uh, of what genre is this on Taxi TV and probably during some of the quarantine happy hours, um, most musicians can't tell you can't categorize what they've got in their hand very well. They're not objective enough. Maybe they're unaware of genres that professionals are kind of forced into knowing because it's part of their job. I don't know. There's so many ways that it can go wrong. Anyway, I'm a little biased. I happen to love Taxi because I started this company 31 years ago, and I see the results every day uh, of how incredibly effective we are at helping people change their lives and live their dreams. But you guys have to do the work. It, uh, there is no miracle cure. There is no silver bullet or magic button. Um, we can hand you tools that make it more time, way more time efficient, which brings up a good point. Would you rather spend hours online researching production music libraries and learning all those things I talked about, which their websites don't tell you, you know, they don't say, well, we're looking for this right now. It's not until you've got a relationship with them um, and they trust you and know that you won't drive them crazy and that you're going to send them great, appropriate music. That's when they may share that information with you. So you've got to decide, do I want to spend my time making music and getting better at making great music and consistently cranking it out because it is a numbers game to some extent. Um, you're, you're not going to earn a full-time living producing part-time music, you know, four times a year on a weekend, you crank out a piece of music. If you are of the misguided belief that that one piece of music and that one event, that one signing, that one placement is going to generate enough money that you can just roll around, you know, in a bathtub full of $100 bills. Nah, it ain't going to happen. Um, anyway, I hope that answered your question. Sure was a long answer, wasn't it? Uh, all right, let me scroll down. Um, here's one from Nancy Collell. This is a great question, Nancy. Nobody's ever asked this before. Did Henry Diltz, Henry Diltz was maybe the preeminent rock and roll album cover photographer and chronicler, I don't even know if that's a word, uh, of rock and roll life. One of the great photographers. Um, I don't believe that Henry ever did shoot anything that I worked on 
I think he shot some covers of people that I worked with. Like, I think he's done some Neil Young stuff. Um, the only rock and roll photographer of any note that I, whose name I remember is a guy named Benno, B-E-N-N-O, I believe, two N's, Friedman. Um, and he shot, when I was working uh, with Melanie, remember I got a brand new pair of roller skates, Melanie, he was the photographer shooting that. Um, are any of the critique songs forwarded by placements? I think what you meant to say are any of the... I, I don't actually understand what that means, but if you're asking if any of the songs we heard today have ever gotten forwarded or had placements, I don't know because the members haven't told us. You know, one thing for those of you who are new to the industry or new to taxi should understand is while it's super important to you, and I get that, it's your baby and you worked hard to get this good to make that piece of music, um, the people in the industry are out there trying to make you money and make them money. If they make a buck, you make a buck. So they just don't take the time to do a lot of like, hey, guess what, Bob, your song was in this movie or this TV show. It's amazing how many taxi members find out about placements after they've happened when they get their quarterly statements from their PRO. Um, so I don't know if the ones we heard today, if that's what you're asking, if, if those um, were used. Let me scroll back up. I just started scrolling and it dropped all the way to the bottom. Oh yeah, collaborators. That's another thing. Arena Shiloh's in there saying, thank you for saying this. Uh, taxi changed my life. I learned so much from you, Michael, and the guests and collaborators you bring literally changed my life 180. Well, thank you for saying that, Arena. Um, collaboration is another thing. Um, okay, so you go, you take a course or you buy a list, uh, you know, and you just start sending your, you shotgun your music out there to 10, 20, 50, 100, 300, 500 companies. Um, you could be sending a bunch of bad music or music that's inappropriate for the industry. You know, there's a lot of great music out there that just doesn't work in film and television. A lot of it. Um, so yeah, you've got the address and you're getting directly to the guy or the gal, but you might just be earning yourself a, like, oof, I'm never going to open up another email from that person again. A lot of what Taxi does is teaching you really to think like a media composer, think like a media artist, um, so that when they do get your stuff, they're going, wow. Maybe I can't use this, but this is really close, or maybe I can use it. You won't be embarrassed by getting your music forwarded by taxi to one of the entities that's asked for it in the industry. They are always going to get something that they're looking for right now, and the quality is going to be like the quality of what you heard today. Um, The drum tutorial posted by Taxi on Facebook was great. Honestly, I didn't see it. <laughs> um, oh, Ken Mesford said, I noticed whenever you start or stop the tracks, you do a punch out hand gesture. Yeah, that's an old habit. Uh, hard to break old habits, but yes, back in my day, if you were punching in on a vocal, you know, on track, 
16 on the 24 track, boom, you, you nailed it really hard to make sure that you lit that button up. Buttons weren't nearly as good in the 70s as they are now. And we had to whack those suckers. So a lot of times it was this, it was the flick of the finger or like a serious whack. And to this day, I still do that. I do that on my car radio just because it's a hard habit to break. I've got to let you know that some of my fellow engineers that came up, a couple, some of my assistant engineers that worked with me would laugh because by the time they got in the industry, buttons had been improved and uh, they found that they didn't need to whack the buttons and they would watch me do punch-ins. But you know what? I'm lightning fast. I'm talking lightning fast with that finger. Um, I can't remember. I once had to edit a speech for President Ronald Reagan, where he said the word heritage, but without the T, and it was like, heritage. <laughs> I think it was me or maybe one of my assistants. Somebody went out in the studio and just went, t -t 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 -t. like 30 different t's, you know, T's, and we found one that sounded like it worked and cut that in. So that's precision editing with a razor blade, just like precision punching with the magic finger. Pete Steed. Hey, Pete, how are you? I remember your name. You were recently, uh, you're from Great Britain, and you recently got something featured in uh, Member Deals. So thank you for letting us know about that. Can you do a top 10 critiquing of instrumental cues, etc.? In other words, could I do a, a top 10 of just instrumental? Sure. You know what else we haven't done in a while is an episode where, uh, would you forward this or return this? Where we play actual forwards and returns from a particular listing and we don't tell you um, which is which and, and the audience votes. And I gotta say, most of the time the audience gets it very right. Um, but the reason I don't do those so often anymore is kind of the same reason I don't do the top tens. First of all, not a lot of people show up for these episodes. And uh, the other reason is that inevitably, as soon as I hit stop and this episode is over, um, we will be getting notices from uh, YouTube saying that we can't monetize the episode. We make like $110 a month on doing these. It's a pretty insignificant amount of money, but nonetheless, it's... Uh, a little frustrating. YouTube, uh, you know, people put their music out there through TuneCore or CD Baby or somewhere, and it's published. They've got somebody doing the admin on it. So even though they're sending it in for the show or submitting it for listings, it's already out there. Um, all right. Wow, a lot more stuff came in. I'm sorry I can't get to it. Um, A new version of the gong show. Yeah, that would be, I, I would love to do that. It would be hysterically funny. Maybe we'll do one in jest someday, but we couldn't do it with any taxi members music. Um, I wouldn't want to gong anybody. <laughs> anyway, thank you for watching, guys. Don't miss next week's episode. Um, I am going to do something. I've done seven habits of highly successful composers um, media composers before it's been a couple of years. I'm going to do, I'm going to try and flip that and do a 180 of like the seven, um, book. oh, the book. Thank you, Liz. The, the seven deadly habits you shouldn't do. 
All right, the book. Yes, thank God Liz popped her face in here and said, don't forget about the book. Um, all right, so type in plus one and Liz will pick you um, and send, she does this where she shuts her eyes and runs her finger up and down the thing and whoever she lands on gets a free book. So if you've already got this book, don't do a plus one because it would be senseless to send it to you if you already have it. It's an incredibly good book. Even if you don't win it today, go spend whatever it is, like $29, yeah, $29.99. It will be money well spent. I, I've actually said to people, if you buy this book, which I don't publish, if you buy this book and don't absolutely love it, I will reimburse you personally. That's how good this book is. Um, you're welcome, Martin. It, it was a great top 10 today. I've got it. They're always great. Keith LeBrant is in the house. Keith, I think I owe you an email from like 10 days ago. Um, all right. Uh, waiting for Liz to... Sandra Dale? Sandra Dale. Congratulations. You have won an amazing book. I would go as far as saying it's a life, excuse me, life-changing book. So congratulations. Don't miss next week's show. It's going to be powerful, and you're going to learn a lot of great stuff. Um, thank you for watching today. And with that, I bid you the fondest of far farewells. Not farewells. Farewells. Bye. You. See you next week. Don't forget, subscribe if you're not a subscriber yet. Hit that like button. And we'll see you soon.